One Link podcast. I'm Amy, and I'm here with Brad. Good to be with you, Amy. We've had some interesting discussions about weighing options to serve overseas in our last couple of podcasts. And I know we have more than a few listeners who are considering long-term service overseas, but who are still waiting for the right timing. I wonder if we could discuss in this episode how someone should live in this waiting period. Yeah, what an important topic. Uh, basically, how can we wait well, so to speak? And I think this isn't just for people who are considering long-term service. Many of us have a heart for the nations, but firmly feel called to work and minister here in America. I think you and I both fall into that category right now. Yes, agreed. So people who are called to stay here but have a heart for the nations often have to grapple with how they can still make a difference in the unreached world. People often share with me something like, you know, I really care about the gospel going to the ends of the earth, but I'm working 50 hours a week and I have kids and responsibilities, and I just don't feel like I'm making a difference in the world right now. Yes, and I think there's an implied question of, is this okay, or am I doing enough when people ask this? Exactly. And we would all agree that we need to be faithful right where we are, and that the little things, so to speak, matter to God. And often God uses these little acts of faithfulness to accomplish amazing things. Yet at the same time, we know the great need for the gospel around the world and that there are many who don't have access to it. So there's also a sense of urgency to reach the lost. So how do we reconcile these two realities? That's a great question and one that I am looking forward to exploring in our podcast today. So just so it's asked, Brad... Should we focus on being fully faithful where we are, or should our gaze move to the unreached across the world? Maybe you can guess my answer, Amy. <laughs> yes to both. Yep, that, I'm pretty predictable. <laughs> but as followers of Jesus, we have to seek to grab a hold of both of these truths, even if at times they feel a bit like they're pulling us in opposite directions. You know, there are a number of things like this in the Christian life. For example, we're called to be holy and to get rid of sin in our lives and to flee from temptation and to cut out our eye if it causes us to sin. You know, God's word is very clear about this calling to purity and holiness. Yet at the same time, we are to fully receive God's grace and forgiveness and acceptance right where we're at and know that we can't earn anything from him by living in holiness. If you just grab a hold of the call to holiness and you don't grab a hold of grace, you will be perpetually beating yourself up and striving to earn something from God. But if you just grab a hold of grace and don't emphasize holiness in your life, you'll also get yourself in trouble. So we hold on to both of these truths at the same time. Yes, I'm thinking of another example of this. Uh, we see in the scriptures that following Jesus requires effort. I think about Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 9.25 about going into strict training or other parts of the Bible that talk about being disciplined and working hard. Yet we also see Jesus saying that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We're also called to rest in the Lord and trust that he's in control. And our efforts are not to become a, a striving to earn God's acceptance or favor. So like your example, we have to hold on to both of these truths. Great example. Yeah, so we need to be fully faithful where God has called us. And at the same time, we still long to see the gospel go to the ends of the earth. I think we have to hold on to both of those. Well, as we both know, that's easier said than done. I think this has to do with some of what you alluded to earlier, the fact that we have limited capacity. You're right. And I think there's an element of... Yet not I, but Christ in me, you know, this verse in Galatians 2.20, the need for Christ in us to help us hold these two things together is crucial. I agree. Well, Brad, maybe we can start by unpacking what it looks like to be faithful where you are while still being concerned for the nations. 
Good idea. Well, let me start with a story that I recently heard or read, actually, about Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor, the, the founder of the China Inland Mission. Yes. Somehow I knew the China Inland Mission might find its way into this story. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well, Amy. Anyways, Hudson Taylor is working on the east coast of China and becomes so sick that the doctors tell him he needs to go back to England to rest or he may die. So he goes back with his wife. And as he's resting and sharing with people in England about China, he's praying for the people in China. And he begins to feel a calling to take the gospel to people in the interior of China. Because missions efforts had almost exclusively been focused on the coastal areas of China at that time. And so he goes down to the bank with something like five British pounds and starts up a bank account with, for this new organization, the China Inland Mission. And he begins to cast vision for taking the gospel to the interior of China. And eventually he has a group of about 20 or so that are ready to sail with him to serve in China with this new organization. And of course, he didn't get on a jet plane and arrive 24 hours later back in those days. So they had to travel by boat to China, and this took several months. And after they boarded the ship, they said to themselves, well, it looks like this ship is our mission field for the next few months. So they began to befriend and share with the British sailors that were on the ship, who were a pretty rough and vulgar group, to say the least. And according to the biography I read, by the time they arrived in Shanghai, virtually the entire crew had come to know Christ. Wow, what a great story of faithfulness. Yes, I think Hudson Taylor gives us a, a great picture of being faithful where you are, yet longing for the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. Right. I mean, while he was in England, he could have either used his time simply for pleasure, or he could have spent the whole time just waiting to get back to China, sort of on hold, as it were. But instead, he uses the time strategically to pray and to share with local churches. He also could have said, our calling us to the Chinese, so why bother reaching out to these British sailors? Yet, he was faithful even during his voyage to China. That's right. Hudson Taylor believed that wherever God placed him, there were meaningful things for him to do, and he was going to be faithful. Yet, at the same time, he still longed for the gospel to go to the interior of China, and he was frequently praying towards that end and taking proactive steps to be part of that calling. Jesus taught his disciples to think this way as well. In our oft-quoted passage, Luke 10, 2, Jesus says, quote, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. I think we see here both urgency to go out to the harvest field, yet at the same time, uh, trusting and abiding in Christ by asking him to work and to send out laborers. That's right. There's a great need and urgency, yet God is ultimately in control, and we trust his timing and, and preparation of the harvest fields. Exactly. Well, Brad, maybe we can further our discussion by first talking about what it looks like to be faithful wherever God's placed you. What are some characteristics that we should seek to develop in our lives if we're going to hold on to this area of living missionally? Good idea. I, I think the first characteristic is that we are people who are trusting and asking. Trusting God and asking God. Just as we read it in Luke ten two, when we're being faithful where God has placed us, we believe that he's in control. We believe that he answers prayer. So we faithfully pray to him, ask him to work in our lives and in the lives of people around us. And we, we recognize that he is ultimately the Lord of the harvest. I think the second thing that we practice when we're being faithful wherever God has placed us is gratitude. Faithful people don't spend all their time grumbling and complaining and being discontent and wishing they were somewhere else. But they look for things to be grateful for and they frequently thank God for his faithfulness. I think a mistake I sometimes see people make while they're waiting 
for God's calling to go overseas is that they're really negative about America or they downplay the importance of being faithful here. So I think practicing gratitude is a great way to overcome this. I remember my wife started a journal at one point where she would try to write down things she was grateful for each day. And she said it really changed her perspective on what was happening in her life. Yeah, that is really good. I know I've personally seen the importance of both of these. What are some other characteristics? I think we also have to believe in the power of the ripple effect, so to speak, of, of normal everyday life. God can take things that seem very small and use them as a part of a bigger thing that he's doing. I mean, I think about my own life. Because someone made the very small decision to sit at an information table for a campus ministry one evening, my life was eventually transformed. Because I happened to be coming out of that dorm cafeteria at the time that they were sitting at that table. And I met the person there and heard about a Bible study. And, and the ripple effect of all that is I eventually became a believer. And of course, you know, I think of all the things God has done in my life and through my life since then. So one small choice of faithfulness, but it had a significant impact because of how God used it. So we don't discount how God could be using ordinary, mundane parts of our lives. Yes, that is so true. And the final characteristic I want to point out is being fully present with the people God gives you. Often we can spend our time wishing the people that we work with or worship with at church or even the people in our family were different or didn't have those flaws. But we have to remember that God has given us certain workmates and church members and even family members for a reason. They may not always be our favorite people, but we need to fully engage them and love them in Christ-like ways. Now, of course, there may be some people, if they're being a bad influence in our lives, that we might distance ourselves from. But generally, we need to love the ones God has given us. That's great. Yes, God is often more interested in our sanctification and impact on others' lives than our comfort, isn't he? So true. So, Brad, we've talked about being faithful wherever God has us. Why don't we talk about how we can still maintain a desire to see the gospel go to the ends of the earth? Great. And first, I want to deal with the issue of why we need to care about the gospel going to the ends of the earth. I know we've talked a lot about this, but uh, I don't want to take that for granted. You know, why isn't it enough to think about impact or faithfulness here? Why do we need to care about over there? And the short answer to this is because geography matters. That is to say, the gospel has been spreading geographically since the first century, and access to this message and the Bible and a local church have ebbed and flowed in certain parts of the world. So that the, you know, the, the reality is there are places in the world where people have little to no access to the good news. So th those of us who live here in places where the gospel message has come must work together to see it continue on to places where it has not gone or has very minimally gone. So as we're being faithful right where we are, we have a role to play in seeing the gospel go to all peoples. Yes. So maybe you can share some of the characteristics of someone who's maintaining this desire to see the gospel to go to all nations. Right. Well, as someone is being faithful where God has put them, they're also maintaining a willingness to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. To go back once more to Luke ten two, the reason why the workers are few is because it's hard to be a worker. That is, you know, a worker being defined as someone who's actively making disciples and sharing their faith and praying for the gospel to go to all nations, you know, doing these things are costly. Uh, they're uncomfortable sometimes. There's effort involved. And so in order to be a part of this, we have to be willing to sacrifice. 
Sometimes this will be a sacrifice of time. It might mean a financial sacrifice. It may even mean sacrificing safety. But I, I think if the things of the world have become so precious to us that we aren't willing to sacrifice anymore, then it will be hard to maintain this desire to see the gospel go to the nations. Yes, that makes sense. We have to value the glory of God and the souls of men and women above material possessions and personal comforts and things of this nature. Right. And so that that's the first characteristic, a willingness to sacrifice. The second is having a burden for the lost. In a parallel passage to Luke 10, 2, which is Matthew 9, 35 through 38, we're told that Jesus is moved with compassion for the people he sees. And this is evident throughout Jesus's ministry on earth. He's burdened for people living in spiritual darkness. And so I think we should also care deeply about the fact that there are many who don't know Jesus, especially if they don't have access to the gospel. So as we're trusting God and asking God, I think we also live with an intentionality and even urgency to share the gospel and either go or empower others to go to the unreached of the world. Yes, I can see what you meant earlier when you said it feels like these two perspectives are pulling you in different directions trusting and resting in God, and at the same time, feeling a sense of urgency for the lost and unreached feels like a tricky thing to balance. Absolutely. And that's why I've described this as holding on to both of these rather than balancing them. You know, it isn't like we're we're doing a little bit of trusting and a little bit of having a burden, and you know, you get, get a little bit of each and then they're balanced. We have to fully embrace the importance of both. And we ask God to help us develop this burden for the lost while at the same time, fully trusting in him and being faithful where he's put us. That, that's hard for us to do, but I think it's something God can do in us. I see what you're saying. It seems that we often want to pit these two things against each other as if they're incompatible. For example, we say things like, well, there's plenty of need right here. Why, don't you, why do you need to travel across the world to share the gospel? When people say this, they're almost indicating that you have to choose between being faithful where you are and wanting to see the gospel go to all nations. Exactly. And on the other side, you might hear people say, well, what I'm doing isn't as important as being a missionary or full, you know, being in full-time ministry. And we know that isn't true either. So we need to hold on to both and to hold up, that is, value both and not try to pit these two things against each other. That's right. So any more characteristics you wanted to share, Brad? The last characteristic of someone who wants to see the gospel go to the ends of the earth is that they pray for the world. If God has you here in America, then faithfully share the gospel with those around you and be a light in your workplace and love your neighbor, but also pray for the world. This is no token thing. I mean, God is clear in his word that prayer matters and prayer impacts the world. So pray for the nations, pray for unreached people groups, pray for those serving overseas, pray for world events. That's something that's crucial to the Great Commission that we can be doing every day. And really, this is important for both being faithful where you are and having a heart for the nations, this, this element of prayer. So before we close, would you want to pray that God would help us and our listeners hold on to both of these things, Amy? Absolutely. Uh, dear Jesus, we are so grateful, Lord, that your gospel is advancing all over the world just as it has among you since the day we first heard it and truly understood your grace. God, I pray for each of us uh, today listening to this podcast, Lord, that we would have eyes to see uh, what it means to be faithful where you've planted us. God, help us to make the most of the time that we have and the places that you've put us. Help us to be ready to go when you say go. God, we're grateful that you are at work. Help us to have the courage 
and the readiness to follow when you call us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amy. All right. That's it for today, but we'll see you next time. See you then. Thank you.